ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Wednesday, December 18th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program this hour by calling us on the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite hold true. Great taste. Only 96 calories. This is the original light beer. Our text lines are open, 304-399-8255. That is 304-399-8255. So we've got a lot to get into today. Doc Holliday earlier this afternoon talking about his 15 early signees. The 2020 football recruiting class has swollen, and we'll talk about that today, as well as we're going to talk a little bit about the upcoming game between Marshall and and UCF. So we've got Doc Holliday to do that with us. And um, you look at some of the recruits that Marshall signed. The local highlights to the class include J.J. Davis out of Bluefield High School, Carrion Martin from Capitol High School, Eli Sammons from Greenup County, Kentucky. So those are the local kids. And, of course, we'll learn more about these recruits as the weeks progress. And, you know, once these kids get on campus, they enroll. You actually see them on the field that's when we can start really diving into these kids, see a little bit more about them. But right now, of course, Marshall's got 15, and they've opened up some more slots. So transfer portal, the transfer portal will be uh, the next battleground, I guess. Uh, there'll be a lot of kids looking for landing spots after finding out that, well, yeah, they don't have a spot right now. Plus the fact that there are probably some kids that thought they were going to be someplace and didn't end up there, or there's some schools that thought they were going to land some kids and didn't end up there. So more spots will open up for the Thundering Herd, and we'll talk about that as it happens. But busy day today. We're going to talk about Doc Holliday and football later on. We're also in a few minutes going to talk soccer. Now, Kevin Long stepped down not that long ago, the women's head coach, so Marshall's been on the lookout for a new women's soccer coach, and they have found their candidate today, and they announced the hiring of Michael Swan. He is the new head coach of the Thundering Herd women's soccer team. Swan most recently spent five seasons as an assistant head coach at Charlotte. Before that, he served as the head coach at Catawba, and he's going to be on the program with us about 5.15, so we'll hear from him and get his thoughts on the program, where he thinks he can take this squad. Of course, Charlotte's been a pretty good women's soccer team, so you're excited about that. You have to be because the men's soccer team shows you that you can play at a high level. You can play NCAA tournament soccer at Marshall, and the women's side now has an opportunity with a new coach to try to maybe match that and take the program further than it's been. you got a great facility. I mean, that's the thing. You build these facilities – it's an advantage for you because now you're competitive. At the same time, though, you build these facilities and you expect success. You want success. I mean, it's not always going to happen. You're not always going to win the championship. You're not always going to win every single game. But at the same time, you have less and less of an excuse to why you can be competitive at Marshall. I will say that time and time again. You see that with softball. You've got facilities now that are quality. Football. You've got an indoor practice facility that doesn't just benefit Marshall as far as the football team. It benefits majority of the student athletes. You've got more investment in basketball. And I know soccer, you're sitting there 
hoping that the seasons would have fared better for Kevin Long. It didn't happen the way you would have liked it to have been. So uh, no pressure here, but you bring in a new coach and you hope that uh, the new coach can bring you some success the way that Chris Grassi has been able to bring success to the Marshall men's soccer program. So he joins us here in a few minutes. We'll talk to him. Looking forward to uh, talking to him about his last name, spelled wrong, by the way. Spells his name with one N. Of course, the correct spelling of Swan is two N's. And uh, we will have words about that here coming up on the program. And, of course, as I mentioned, Doc Holiday, And we got your phone calls in as well. So we're looking forward to all of that. We've got basketball tomorrow. Thundering Herd taking on EKU. Another team out of the OVC. Marshall successful against Moorhead State. I'm hoping for more of the same. But we'll find out as the Thundering Herd will play tomorrow. And then they will play on Sunday. And then Marshall men's team on football will play on Monday. So we got a full few days of herd football and basketball. And then we got the holidays. We got Christmas. I know you're excited for that. Gabriel Sellers waiting to see what arrives under his Christmas tree. Will you be sitting out there cookies and milk for Santa Claus on Christmas Eve, Gabriel? You can just nod. You don't know? Do you still believe in Santa Claus? You're, you're, you're questioning, you're, you're, you don't know. Just for the, uh, the sake of argument, we, we all believe here in Santa Claus here. Santa Claus is real, and we're not going to tell you otherwise. Uh, he is real. It feels like Christmas has come early. It, it really does, uh, because you know, we got the bowl coming up here in the next few days, and uh, I saw an early weather report, uh, one of the... Uh, one of the major media pundits and I were speaking today, and um, he was telling me that the weather report is rain in Tampa. I haven't actually looked this up for myself, but I'm like, come on. It's going to be warm. It'll be a warm rain. Would you rather have a cold rain or a warm rain? I'll take a, I'll take a warm rain any day on the beach. A warm rain on the beach, sitting out looking. I don't think that's going to be a bad, terrible thing. It's going to be cold up here. I haven't even looked ahead. I just know it's going to be cold. I'm looking outside the window now, and it's just, it's just blah. I think that's been that's been part of just. I've felt in a funk these last few days, and I think it's because it's just gray skies right now. I'm looking outside. It's gray. It's overcast. It's just blah. So we're going to try to brighten things up for you. When we come back from break, we're going to talk soccer. That's right. We're going to talk about the women's soccer program. We've got the new coach coming on the program. His name is Michael Swan. And, again, he spells that wrong, but um, we're going to overlook that when we talk to him next. Also, we'll hear from Doc Holliday later on when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Wednesday edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, I'm excited for this next interview because I've never interviewed anyone with the same last name. And so we're just going to see how this goes. Uh, I want to welcome to the program now the new head coach of the Marshall University women's soccer team, Michael Swan. And, uh, Coach, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Thank you so much, Paul. Thank you. I have, uh, I've never interviewed anyone with the last name Swan, so um, it's, it, might be, <laughs> it might be strange for both of us. Uh, we'll see how this goes. And 
when I got the press release, um, the first thing I, I emailed the uh, sports information department and said, hey, you guys are spelling his last name wrong since, wrong since <laughs> I, I got the two ends, you got the one. But uh, uh, congratulations. Uh, this is an exciting time for, uh, for the soccer program. The men have been so successful, and now uh, you're here to hopefully bring that success on the women's side. Yeah, yeah, small world that we've both got the same last name. And um, funny enough, Chris is from the same hometown as me in England, so Newcastle. So um, I'm very excited to get up to, to Huntington and, and, and start to um, get a hold of the program and really take it forward. What was the the selling point for you when you found out this uh, position was available? Uh, did you seek it out? Were you sought out? How did, how did it go down? Yeah, the, the, so so obviously Charlotte has played in Conference USA um, alongside Marshall for many years, and every time I come up to the to the city, I just I feel a connection there with with how the community just treats the university and the, the university treats the city. I just feel it's one big entity, and you can you can really feel the energy there. So when I came up to campus um, a few weeks ago, I just I, I left so excited and so enthused about just being part of, of, of the community and really, you know, fell in love with the campus, the people and, and, and the city. Uh, my wife uh, came with me and it was just an instant drive back to Charlotte, five hours of just smiling and looking forward to the new opportunity. That's saying something because Charlotte's a, a quality program in Conference USA, uh, beautiful area, facilities are nice. So that's really saying something about what Marshall has for someone to leave a position like Charlotte to take over as the head coach of Marshall. And uh, facility-wise, though, I'm sure you were smiling, uh, you know, top to bottom, head to toe when you, yeah. when you saw the facilities. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's it's a world-class facility. I mean, talking with some of the, the, the folks in the administration and what they're trying to do there in the athletic department, it's it's a commitment that they've made to, to their programs and you could see it, and I could see it straight away. The, the investment that they've made, and and the student athletes are benefiting from that, and it's something that I want to continue to do. So yeah, Charlotte's got some great things, um, but you know, just as much Marshall have got better in in, in a lot of aspects as well. So I'm delighted to get up there and just just be part of it and keep building. Now your background recently is at Charlotte, but you have uh, been. I don't want to say everywhere, but it feels like it. You, we were at Catawba for, for several years. Uh, you were in Bristol, Tennessee for several years. Um, you're at uh, Virginia Airmont for several years, uh, and you've done it all. You haven't just uh, been the, the head coach of the soccer team. You, you've actually run the soccer program as well, so you've got a lot of experience, mm-hmm. and uh, you've got a lot of miles on the road. Yeah, I've got a lot of miles on the road in, in some senses, but a lot of it is around the – the Appalachian area. Um, my wife's family is, is from Southwest Virginia, um, West Virginia, Bluefield, um, and we've always had a massive tie to the area. So it's been a stepping stone every move that I've made, and I feel like I've made my last big step. And now taking over at, at, at Marshall, um, it's going to be a great, a great experience, and it's one that I want to keep for quite a long time. Um, I'm committed to it, and um, I can't, I can't wait to get started and just keep. Keep working up there. Now, as I mentioned, Marshall has, as of late, um, started to find a lot of success on the men's side of soccer and, and the women's side as well. You're uh, 
What's the challenge? I guess that's what I'm, I'm asking is what's the challenge in building a women's soccer program? Is it similar to the journey on the men's side? Does it have its own difficulties? I think the, 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 the biggest thing when, when you're trying to build a program to success, you have to build it obviously through recruiting. Um, and recruiting takes a lot of time. Um, it's 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 going to be a long process with with recruiting and, and bringing in student athletes who are who've got the same goals and visions that we have as coaches. Um, but the other side of it is creating a culture that just just breeds success in everything that they do. Um, you want to make sure that their, their academics are taken care of, that they the good servants in the community, they're connecting with everybody in the university and and in the community. And that breeds a lot of the success that, that we look to build in a program. So even though we may not be winning straight away on the field, the, the culture will, will, will basically take care of that over time. Um, you know, the brand of soccer that we're going to play is going to be attractive. Um, it's something that we've prided ourselves here at Charlotte, but I've prided myself on it, you know, throughout my career. And um, I've had a lot of text messages from former players already uh, since the press release, just just happy and you know looking forward to seeing Marshall play some a good brand of soccer. So, you mentioned uh, you've got a lot of familiarity with uh, Appalachia. You've uh, of course been at Charlotte, and I'm sure that means you've been hitting some of the same recruiting grounds uh, there that you will now. What's the challenge? Uh, and I'm sure you want to recruit the state as well. But what's the challenge there in trying mm-hmm. to find that uh, that talent? Uh, is there a, a depth of talent that maybe you just hasn't we haven't seen yet, or I mean, are you going to have to go abroad? You know, what's the philosophy there? Yeah, and I think that I think that's the difference in in the men's men's game in college and the women's game in college. The most popular country in the world for soccer is is here in the U.S. Um, and then second, you, you just look at our neighbors up north in Canada that they've got a great um, youth soccer program as well. Whereas internationally on the men's side. Um, every single country has developed soccer. The rest of the world is developing on the women's side, but the majority of, of the, the the students that we would look at and the recruits that we're going to look at are going to be US-based players. And I think it's it's one of those things that I want my coach and staff to do is is turn over every rock that we can in order to bring the right players in to to help us succeed. Um, you know, we'll, we're we're going to hit the round the ground running day one and and get to see as many players as we can. Um, the commitment will be to to see the players that are coming in and and, and strike up a relationship with them already. Um, but after that, it's it's we've got a we've got a plan for the future. So um, that's probably the biggest challenge is to make sure that we're identifying the right players who are going to fit our philosophy and and what what Marshall has to offer. Um, so it's a challenge recruiting, but the harder you work, the the better you get. Michael Swan is with us. He is the new women's soccer coach at Marshall University. And it's been pretty successful uh, to watch. I mean, it's been pretty helpful, the success of the Marshall men's team on top of the women's national team and, and their great success. So so really, I mean, I don't want to put any pressure on you, but this is going to be easy, right, uh, with, uh, with everything that's in place? It, no, no problem here. It's, it's a cha- everything's a challenge. There's always a challenge that, that's right in front of you. I've got no doubt that we will we will turn the corner and, and get success up at uh, Marshall pretty soon. I don't think it'll be the the quick turnaround that um, you know you know maybe some people might be thinking of, but 
I think certainly we're going to make major improvements. I think it's going to be a um, bright future for the, the young ladies. Um, everywhere I've went, um, I've, I've made sure that we've we've been competitive and we've made ourselves into a conference tournament or a or a national tournament. And I want to do that at Marshall. That's probably going to be the biggest priority that we we say to the young ladies when we walk through the door is we want to be there. You know, we want to be in the mix. We want to be winning things and. Um, you know, it doesn't breed success overnight, but over time it will. Joining us on the program, the new head coach of Marshall Women's Soccer, Michael Swan. And uh, as we mentioned, you've been you've been around the block a few times. You've been at several places. Uh, you were also NAIA Region Coach of the Year in 2007-2008. You've won conference championships. Do you, as you come in, do you see this Marshall program as one that's going to be a major overhaul as far as rebuilding or building that culture you know what's your early impressions of what you've got and what do you got to do yeah you know it's when you come into a new program it's obviously a, a something you want to do is to to really give everybody a, a really fair shot and that's that's our goal that's something that we talk um, on in the interview process is we're going to make sure that everybody's given a fair chance and um, we're going to we're going to honor everything um, that's in place um, we've we've played Marshall now in the last four years, um, five years, sorry, four times, and it is it is always a challenge to play the young ladies, and, and that was a big draw for me. Is I I, I know a lot of the players um, that are here already. Um, I've been able to scout them for the last five years, so I've got a lot of their tendencies, and I know how they are as a program and how they play. Um, there is talent in our locker room. Um, and there's quite a bit of it talking with some of the, the soccer folk in West Virginia and some of the soccer folk on campus, um, we know there's talent there. It's We've got to unlock that. Um, so if we can unlock that, um, we, we've got a bright future. That's a good point. Also helps that you're familiar with Marshall. You're also familiar with Conference USA. And uh, I think more and more fans are realizing that Conference USA is one of the best soccer conferences in America. It is probably on par yeah. You would call it a Power Five conference if we're using that terminology. Yeah, right now I think I think the conference ranking is around ten in the country, and and I think there's over the twenty conferences that are that are that are playing for a place in the national tournament. So Conference USA is really growing. It's going quick. Uh, we've got some fantastic programs, um, it, you know, in our league. Um, FAU, who was the highlight this year, finished with an RPI of thirty-two. North Texas went to the, the national tournament. Rice University, obviously Charlotte uh, made a push for it, but not just the top. It's it's all through the league. There is there is competition, and you are fighting every single game to 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 win a game and get into the the conference tournament. So any team can win it on any given year. Um, just just to give you an example, example, uh, we won the conference here at Charlotte as the sixth seed, um, and we made it to the final as the eighth seed. Um, the following year in 2017. So, you know, you've, you've got to sustain things consistently in order to uh, be successful. Um, but at the same time, if you have one loss, it might be the difference from one to one to four, but you've still got a chance to win it. And that's that's going to be the goal that we're going to have. 
Joining us on the program, the new head coach of Marshall Women's Soccer, Michael Swan. And uh, you mentioned earlier you've been getting a lot of uh, texts, a lot of messages, and uh, a lot of people are excited for you. Um, how far is that? Uh, how far is that uh, love reaching? I mean, we're talking your uh, your 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 native native land. We're talking. Yeah, you know, how far are we talking here? <laughs> I actually got a message from a former um, player who was who was in um, Colombia. Um, on Facebook, he reached out. Well, it's a former colleague. Um, he was finishing up his career at Flagler, and uh, it's gone to Colombia. My parents have obviously been reaching out uh, today, um, all over the world. I mean, the game of soccer is worldwide. So when when you come and play in the U.S., you get friends all over the world. So the the, the best messages I truly get are from my former players who are just happy to, you know, see me take on this opportunity. Um, it's it's uh, it's a it's quite an honour. Does that mean we're going to see some of those former players? Uh, as far as you got to put the staff together, and uh, are you going to be cherry picking yeah. from the best of them? How how's that going to look? Uh, I hope so. Um, I know that that we've got a wonderful assistant coach in place right now, Erica Duncan, who's a um, an alumni. Um, you know, she's a record setter at Marshall, and you know she's definitely going to be part of things. Um, and then you know, going from there, it's it's we've got to be selective of, of who we want to bring in and what the needs are for the program and. Um, you know we're gonna we're gonna work through that in the next next month or so. Was that important to have some sort of foundation in place when you you came in and you accepted the job? Yes, yes, absolutely. Just just to have uh, an an assistant or, or even just a coach in general, just to be there with you who understands uh, Marshall, understands the traditions. Um, you know, I've I've done a lot of research on it, but she is firsthand. It, it, you know, work being in the university and and got her degree and has been part of the soccer program for years so she is going to guide me through some you know the next couple of months and and into the future um we've already had some fantastic conversations you know regarding things like the young ladies the the players who are going to be coming back and um you know what 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 our needs are recruiting so she's on she's out of the country right now in scotland but she is working hard um she's very excited about what we can do and speaking of that, you mentioned uh, you and Coach Grassy, um, same hometown, right? Newcastle, England is uh, your yeah. hometown, and uh, uh, you're a graduate of Gateshead College. And uh, did you two go to school together as well, or how uh, how well do you know no. him? <laughs> so just talk, talking with Chris, we, we, we there's a slight age difference. And I think Chris moved out of the country when he was 16. Um, but we've we've played in the same... Um, areas we've played for one or two of the same coaches. We're very familiar with one another. We both support Newcastle United, um, which is which is um, you know a very good connection. But you know Chris knows some of the, the the folks that I know, and and I know a lot of the folks that he knows. And um, really, we didn't play against each other. But you know, when you talk to anybody who's who's from Newcastle, we all know somebody very very similar to to, to Huntington. Almost everybody wears the black and white colours of Newcastle United, whereas everyone at Marshall or Huntington wears the colours of Marshall. So very, very familiar with, with you know, that, that side of things. Okay, so you're a Newcastle United fan, right? Yeah. Don't I mean, rub it in. <laughs> I mean, I don't understand. I mean, I probably do understand, but, you know, you've got Swansea City right there. Um <laughs> I mean, if I was going to pick a team, I'm picking that alone. I would think you would as well, just based on name. Uh, well, I could. Uh, that that would be something that they're a little bit 
far away from where where Newcastle is in Swansea. Um, you know, we pain ourselves on on supporting Newcastle United, and it's it's our boyhood club. It's the culture. It's the it's the community. It's it's something. If if I walked around Newcastle with a Swansea City shirt on, I don't think it would matter if they knew my last name was Swan. They'd probably still, you know, have some funny looks at me. So, um, you know, I've got to stick with my Newcastle United, even though you can support them, Paul. Swansea City, that can be your team, but. Um, Newcastle is my team and always will be. Okay, so are you advising me not to support Swansea City? I mean, I mean, um, help me out here. I, I don't have a team, so you you might have to. Okay, you might have to turn me on to Newcastle United. Right, right. Or you can support Liverpool, who are winning everything right now, and you could walk around bragging about how good Liverpool are. Uh, but Swansea's a good shout. Swansea's a good shout. They're a, they're a very good um, club with with good traditions. Um, I should really sway you towards Newcastle United um, because they're probably the, the, the most similar to what Marshall are and the Thunder and Herd. Um, I think our fans are known as the Toon Army. Um, so, you know, hopefully we can we can persuade you to support Newcastle and Swansea or I, Liverpool. I can um, do both. I, I I'm not doing Liverpool, Newcastle. though. I know too many. Yeah, come on. I'm not a front runner. <laughs> I know a few people who are, are Liverpool fans. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not yeah. a front runner like that, no. Then I think you should support Newcastle. I think me and Chris will have to make sure that we we'll bring you a jersey, you know, and you can wear it on the show proudly. Okay, you know what? <laughs> if I get some uh, Newcastle swag, I will wear it, a scarf, everything. Okay. I'll do it. I will do that. That'll Brilliant. be my team. Brilliant. Just you know what? Just because I can give the boss grief when Newcastle plays Liverpool <laughs> or Manchester, whatever team he likes, it's the good one. Whatever the whatever the front runner yeah. is, he's he's the big yeah. fan of. Well, Coach, uh, congratulations uh, on on the job, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing what you can do with this program. Uh, we're excited for you and your family, and uh, can't wait to get you back on closer to the season or uh, when uh, fun things happen for you. Can't look forward. Can't yeah. wait to look forward to seeing what happens. Thank you so much, Paul, and uh, can't wait to get up to, to Huntington and get started. Well, be uh, be careful when you when you do get up here because the weather's nasty right now. I don't I don't know what the travel log looks like for you, <laughs> but uh, it's not pretty right now weather wise. So you guys uh, you guys be careful when you come up. Thank you, thank you, and hope everyone has a merry Christmas. Thank you, sir. You too. That is Michael Swan. He is the new head coach of the Marshall University women's soccer team. I guess I'm a I'm a Newcastle United fan now. I'm not a front runner though. I don't take the front runner team. Gabriel, do you have a uh, you have a club team? Uh, if you got to think about it, you don't. So the, don't even bother. Doc Holliday on the way when we continue with today's edition of the Drive, ESPN ninety four point one FM and AM nine thirty. This is the Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN ninety four point one FM and AM nine thirty, presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. The Marshall Thundering Herd pick up 15 early signees for the 2020 football recruiting class. And Doc Holliday spoke about it earlier. Welcome back to today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. And Doc, well, he held some spots back, he mentioned. He also talked a little bit about the recruiting portal. And these are some of the highlights that uh, are from earlier this afternoon. Here's Doc Holliday's highlights from his press conference. Uh, we're excited about the 15 guys we signed in this class. Uh, eight of those 15 will be here in January, you know, which is exciting. So felt like we met the needs that we needed to meet. Uh, and, uh, you know, like I said, the th- thing that re- that's changed a little bit with recruiting, if you remember a year ago, I don't, even a couple years ago, you know, you want to hold some guys, you want to hold some spots 
uh, it's hard to believe, but I think it was either last week or the week before, there was 273 players went in that portal. And so you got that aspect that you're dealing with. You've got, you know, there's going to be a whole new group of players that open up after, uh, after you know, this, this signing day, for example. Uh, you know, uh, you know Nige McDaniel was a kid that became available after signing day. Talit Keaton was a kid that came available after signing day. So there's a lot of guys that whole new group of pool of players that come open and say, what, you sure don't want to sign an entire class and then be sitting there with all that portal stuff going on and all the extra players that come out there that uh, without being able to take some kids. So we like where we are and uh, we'll just keep going forward. Well, no question, because you know, we've got Beckett coming back and hopefully Uli at some point, but you know, we had to get some older you know, older guys in that class. And uh, I like our young guys, you know, but they are young guys, you know, and so, but Eli Neal and a, and a couple of those guys, Corey Anderson, you know, got, got their feet wet this year, and uh, they'll be fine moving forward. But you just want to get some older guys there, and also losing Chris and carry on at the corner position. You, you want to get a couple older guys there. I like I like Gilmore a lot, I like Sapp a lot, and a lot of guys are on campus. But same situation as linebackers. You want to you want to get that thing shored up. You know, offensively, with the exception of Monty and Levi, they're all back. You know, so we got some older guys there, and. I like our guys up front defensively that we got coming back and in secondary and with safeties and that type of thing. So, you know, there were certain spots that we wanted to get a little older uh, guys there. I thought we accomplished that. And even we got, uh, you know, having the young guys, you guys have all seen the difference it makes getting those kids here in January. You know, you got a lot, even eight of those guys, some of them even young kids you know, that'll be there in January. Just a whole winter and a whole spring will make a big difference for those guys and give them the opportunity to help, help play. So we're, we like where we are there. And then again, moving forward, you know, we've got some flexibility with the number that we held back, you know, that uh, that we can make some moves on some things going forward I think can help us. Yeah, I think there's a lot to that. You know, I think there is a lot to that going best available and, you know, try to get shored up with, you know, the number of kids that you want there. But I just think there's just so many, you know, like I say, there's a whole, you got a lot of kids that thought they were signing today with Georgia and Florida State and Alabama and all those people and they looked up and there wasn't an NLI there, you know, so. There's a lot of kids out there. Like I say, there's a whole. We get calls all day. There's a whole group of players out there that now become available. That where you start the whole recruiting process over again. You know, for signing date in February. So, and again, the portal thing. And, and I think we learned a lot about that portal a year ago. You know, with uh, the way that thing's going to work. But there's just so many. And you know, sad, sad, the thing about that portal right now is, it was all these kids. You know, they look at that college football playoff. You got four quarterbacks starting in that portal in that in those games that are all transfers. You know, Fields and and the kid Burrow at LSU, and they all think that's a really, really great thing, but they don't see the other 90% that doesn't work out for. You know, and so you got a lot of kids in that portal, and it's, it really hurts. It, to be honest with you, I mean, these kids see those four, those three players, the things have really worked out extremely well for, but you don't read anything about the 90% that go in that portal that doesn't work out for them. You know, and so you know, you got to be really careful with what you're with that portal deal and what you're dealing with, and. And I think kids have got to be really careful too with what they're, you know, you know, the guys that go in it because it doesn't always work out like you see with the three kids that are playing, you know, in the BCF playoffs. So there's a lot to learn from that thing. We learned a lot about it as a staff last year, and uh, we'll do a better job of, of uh, you know, taking kids and evaluating kids from that portal moving forward. Yeah, you know, the sad thing is, Keith, they all give up scholarships. You know, as soon as those kids go in that portal, you know, they, they give up their scholarship. So you got kids. You imagine 273 guys in one week that go in that portal a couple of weeks ago or whatever. 200 of those guys may give up scholarships and never get get you know, get another one. They all because they all think they're going to get them, you know, and they all think they're going to get waivers, and they all think all this is going to magically work out for them. And 
you know, just so many kids getting hurt because of it. But like I said, you don't read about any of that. You know, the only thing you read about and see is the press that these guys that really worked out well for. And uh, so these kids, they get a false impression of what, you know, what's out there and what it all means. So, you know, I think the data, you know, right now we don't, the data and statistics, they don't, the kids don't have that to make great decisions, but hopefully down the road, we'll get the NCAA will get that out there so kids can make intelligent decisions on, on what you're going to do. I think, I think number one's the kind of kids you recruit, you know, and, 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 you know, like I said, we haven't had many, you know, I mean, I think Coastal was a Coastal Carolina have had 12. Like uh, Connecticut had what 15 to 16 or something. I mean, and, and the problem you get into is when you lose 15 to 16 kids, as some of them have done, and you got hell Stanford. Do you think all those kids going to Stanford want to be there because of academics? But they got 12 to 15 in the portal, you know. So the issue you get into there is you're only allowed 25 to get to 85. So you lose 15, and all of a sudden you lose 15 seniors. You can never get back to 85. Some of these programs. So it's it's really affected a lot of people in a lot of different ways, and you know it's not all good. You know, like I say, what you see uh, in that college football playoff, they're going to talk about how great it is. But, you know, I think it's doing more damage to a lot of people and a lot of schools than what, what, what's out there. So we'll see where it goes. That's Doc Holliday talking about today's early signees and how it impacts his team. When we come back from break, we're going to talk more about the game between Marshall and UCF when we continue on today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. The Drive with Paul Swan. Marshall Athletic Director Mike Hamrick. He knows. Paul's the best. On ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Your Tuesday edition of The Drive continues here. I'm sorry, your Wednesday edition. Wednesday edition. So close. So close. That's okay. We got more Doc Holiday for you on your Wednesday edition. Doc, talking a little bit about the game between Marshall and Central Florida. Here are the highlights from earlier this afternoon. Uh, of course, Central Florida, what a great opponent they are. Our captains will be Amari Cobb. These are, and these are captains, you know, you probably heard me talk about during the year. Uh, we have different captains every week based on their performance and leadership and all that. The players actually vote on the file on the permanent captains at the end of the year. So uh, Amari Cobb, Marquise Couch, and Shane Hames on defense. And we had Brendan Knox and Levi Brown on offense. Those were the same guys that finished up with the FIU game, and players voted the same guys. So uh, those guys will be, you know, uh, counted on to provide a lot of leadership down there and and uh, and get ready to go. As you all know, Central Florida is an excellent opponent. Uh, they got skill all over the place. and went to two of the uh, Access Bowls the last two years. Uh, beat Auburn and played uh, LSU with a freshman quarterback and, and played them right to the wire. So it would be a great challenge for us. And I know as coaches, we're looking forward to it. Our players are. And just got to, we've had, up to this point, we've had great preparation. It's going to have to continue, uh, not only here today and tomorrow morning, but uh, also when we get down there. So looking forward to playing them. You know, as I tell them all the time, I said, guys, you got your whole life screwed around. I said, uh, you, got, you got an opportunity to go down there and create a, you know, a, a memory of a lifetime. That's winning the game. You know, and, uh, you know, anybody's been in that locker room after a bowl game win, it's a, it is a special feeling. And, you know, I've been to a lot of bowls, almost 30, whatever it's been. And our, the ones I remember are the ones we won, you know. And uh, so, you know, we've been fortunate to have kids that, you know, like football, they like to play the game, and they understand you go down there. And you know, we want them to have fun. I mean, it's a reward, you know, to go down and have some fun, but they understand you're there for one reason, that's to find a way to win that game. And, uh, you know, six times we've had the opportunity to do that, and uh, hopefully we can make it number seven. But, uh, 
these kids, you know, you just you just pound and 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 you need good, you know, you need great leadership and you need kids to, especially the older, hold the younger kids accountable and all those things. And uh, I think we've got that. Well, I think anytime you you, you play a team like that, number one, you got to take care of the ball. You, know, you can't give them extra possessions. And you know, the other thing is, offensively, you you hit it. I mean, you got to convert on third down. You know, we got to stay on the field on third down. And defensively, we've got to find a way to get them off the field on third down. So I think third downs are going to be a key to this game, both offense and defensively, of converting for us and getting them off the field on third down and taking care of the football offensively. You know, we can't give them an extra possession. And, and then the kicking game is, is going to be critical because you got to give them long fields. you got to change the field position with the punt, and, and you've got to be able to kick off and cover kicks and, and with the return game as well. So, you know, field position will be a big thing against these guys. I mean, they got really good players. I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're I mean, they're one of the top, you know, group of five teams and, and you know, they've, you know, they've been a top 15 team the last two years, you know, at the end of the day. So, I mean, that's what they look like. They look like a, I heard, uh, I think Lane Kiffin said after uh, FAU played in this year, they look like an SEC team, you know, and that's, and they do, they got those kind of players. And, uh, you know, you got some coach here sitting blowing smoke. I mean, go watch the tape. I mean, that's the reason they've won, you know, 30 plus games or whatever it's been the last three years, because they got really good players and they're well coached. Randy does a great job with their defense. And of course, uh, you know, they just, they're well coached offensively, and uh, so they'll be they'll be a handful for us. But you know what, our kids like challenges. You know, our, you know we, we like that. You know, so we're looking forward to going down and playing an excellent opponent and give it our best shot and see what happens. Oh, they're fast. I mean, you look up at times and we're watching tape, and uh, you know, Brad and I and all of us, and you know, they're snapping the ball with 35 seconds on the, on the play clock. I don't know how the hell you do that, but I mean, there's only 40 seconds to begin with. So, I mean, they play really fast. You know, and uh, so they get. You know, with 35 to 40 seconds, so you got to get lined up, and you know, and again, that's all. That's great. All that tempo is great, but you got to be able to convert. And the thing we got to do is we got to, you know, we got to find a way to get off the field on third downs. And and but they do a great job with tempo, and they do go fast. They try. They run a lot of plays. Well, we've. I mean, we've done that. I mean, we started the first day of practice. You know, and so you know, you take. Uh, I mean, we have a looks period every day that we take. Uh, where our second. Uh, uh, offense goes against their defense, which I guess is good on good as well as we can, running their stuff. And it's been all tempo from day one, you know, going as fast as we can possibly go and, and getting lined up and going again. So we've – and we've done that not just against these guys. I mean, we've had other teams this year that we've had to prepare for that. So it's uh, – you got to get the stuff, you got to get them in, you got to get lined up, and you got to go play. When you get the opportunity to substitute, you got to be able to get kids on the, in, in the game. So you got to do a good job with that. If they go out of bounds on their sideline, that's like a substitution. So you know you got to be aware of what's going on with that, and as soon as they go out out on their sideline, uh, they got to run people in. You know, so we've I mean we've done that before. We've done it all year, so I don't see that being a problem. Our kids are in great shape, and uh, and we just got to like we just got to find a way to get all you know we got to find a way to get them stopped on third down, so we're, we're not out there 10, 12, 14 play drives, and, and we can get guys in and out. And their tailbacks will line up everywhere. I mean, you know, they got really talented, talented tailbacks. So they'll line them up at wide out, and as you mentioned, and. Play a lot of empty stuff, and they got five. They play like five of them. I mean, they got five different backs that they play. So, you know, our guys and we get numbers in practice and that type of thing. So those are all things that we work on, prepare for, and our guys will have to do a good job identifying, find out where they are, and, and they're all skilled. I mean, they're you know the wideouts are like are like running backs. So it'll be a, it'll be a challenge for us to get that done. That's Doc Holliday from earlier this afternoon as the herd getting set for UCF. Herd will be traveling tomorrow morning to head down to the destination, 
get settled in and do all the fun things that they require you to do during the bowl week and get ready for Monday's contest. We'll have that for you right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Also on our sister station, 93.7 The Dog. Don't forget we got Marshall basketball coming up tomorrow. Thundering Herd taking on EKU. That means we'll be on the air at 5.30. We'll be on the air 30 minutes after you normally expect to hear us, and we'll have a preview of that matchup and take a look at what's happening in college basketball. And we'll hear from Tampa. Bill Cornwell will be joining us live from the site of the Gasparilla Bowl. For our producer, Gabriel Sellers, we appreciate him. Special thanks to the new head soccer coach of the Marshall women's team, Michael Swan. I'm Paul Swan. I spell my name differently than Michael, but that's okay. I spell it correctly. We'll, we'll teach you. That's going to do it for this edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.